Okay. It's that time of the day when we get to talk about motorcycles and motorcycle stuff. And my name is Greg White, and you're listening to this podcast. And all the way from California is Jason Pridmore. How's life, JP? Good, G-Dub. Uh, as good as it can be, I suppose. It's crazy to think that I could have used another week before going to Atlanta. Um, I got pretty sick the last four days or so. So I've not been myself and uh, just glad I'm able to get this podcast in with you today. So I might not be quite as edgy as normal because I'm a little bit. <laughs> no more big rants, maybe? No, I was a good one last week, though. A lot of people responded to that. I didn't. I never look for the response on it. It's just how I feel about things, you know? Yeah. But I think that uh, it'll be interesting to see if they change any of the rules when it comes to this whole qualifying thing in MotoGP. We'll see, I guess. Yeah, they're going to have to look at something and 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 see what's up. But uh, listen, we have a ton of stuff to talk about because MotoGP is in the mix. Um, before we get going, though, because we're going to talk about Moto America and stuff like that, um, this podcast is presented by Arai. Hey, Jay, did you know the helmets are lined with an antimicrobial material if you order an Arai helmet? Yeah, it's true. The interior liner gives you odor resistance, dirt resistance, and those antimicrobials that you love so much. You can stay fresher longer and enjoy a comfortable ride in the latest Arai helmet. Check out AraiAmericas.com. Pick what you like. Head down to your local dealer for fitment and grab yourself a lid. No matter how many antimicrobials they put into a helmet, by the way, guarantee you J.D. Beach will pull it out every time, every night, and (laughs) wash the inner liner because that's how J.D. Beach does. By the way, you've got to look at J.D. Beach and say... He's got to be the favorite heading into that flat track super TT thing, don't you think? Oh, yeah. You got to think that for sure. Yeah. I yeah. mean, the, the blend of it. All right. Listen, uh, you know, if you're listening to this podcast and uh, you get to about five minutes in, you like it, stop and subscribe. Make sure that you subscribe to our podcast. That way you're alerted to every time it comes up, wherever you're listening to it. Um, we do have a Patreon page. It's in the link in the description. We appreciate the Patreon supporters that we have already had. A couple people have have uh, joined up, Jason, and and uh, participated in Patreon. So that's awesome. On this one, we're going to talk about Moto America because the season starts this weekend. That's where we're headed. A little bit of Supercross, and uh, we're going to be giving away some Moto America Live Plus subscriptions. So if you haven't paid for your subscription yet, and you've joined us in our Pulp MX Fantasy or the MotoGP Fantasy thus far, we're going to be giving away some codes so if you have friends that you know that aren't listening but are participating make sure they listen to the podcast because they might miss out on a nice opportunity um and then we're going to be talking about some moto gp just real brief and we're going to preview what's going on in jerez so yeah jay i mean and you know tomorrow i start craig's ride to the races and get to ride to <laughs> the the races and gonna head through the north georgia mountains and um Tomorrow night, which is Wednesday night, we're recording this on Tuesday. I'll be staying at Two Wheels of Suchus in a cabin uh, after I'm at the Panera Bread in Gainesville, Georgia. Are you going to? I think you said your flight lands too late for you to make it to. I the, do. The Gainesville I do. Panera. I do land a little bit late, and depending on how I feel, um, I'm full go for tomorrow. But if not, I'll fly out Thursday morning because uh, you know when you get this the head thing going and the head Ugh. cold and. Yeah, so so I just think listen man, I just think that like have you ever had the situation before where it's like you have a crazy schedule and you're not feeling great for a couple of weeks and then all of a sudden you get a break and then you get sick immediately. It's yeah. like 
like mentally you're holding on or physically you're holding yeah. on because you know you that's what I think happened to you and it was just building and building. Well, the craziest part about this is I've not been feeling well since I did that that um thing with you and David at uh, CVMA race. Yeah. It was that Monday that you and I woke up in that hotel room and I was all stuffy if you remember and then we thought, "Oh, it's just the AC because you had it a little bit too." And then I mean, Greg, I literally had that for uh, you know, 3 weeks. And it was yeah. like it wasn't like Oda. I was it wasn't like I was well. full. It wasn't like I was fully sick. Right. It was like I my ears would unpop in the morning and it, immediately. It wasn't like I was coughing and sneezing and it wasn't and to put that. everybody's mind at ease, Jason's had a COVID test and tested yeah. negative. It yeah, wasn't tested negative on that and um and that was just a week and a half ago. And you know because I'm going to be probably trying to get over to Europe, um I kind of thought you know I'm probably going to have to get shots because. You know, I'm probably, it's probably going to become a mandatory thing eventually to get over to Europe. And I want to go over to some World Superbike possibly this year and uh, if, it, if it becomes available. So I did get my first shot and I've had friends tell me that it took them a week or two weeks to kind of, uh, some of them was just a few days, but they all kind of went what I went through. Um, I woke up Sunday morning here. I was sweating and I had the shivers and I, I was, it was horrible. Oh. So I did the whole urgent care thing and. You know, whatever. Last two days, I've just been in bed, literally, just been in bed, and then. So well, I'm I'm fully vaccinated, and I had nothing. I mean, other than a sore arm, but I mean, they're great. sticking a needle in. That's so great. I, that I got, you haven't had anything, and I don't know if that's you know, Greg. I don't know. I mean, it was nine days since I've had my shot, so I can't really say that it was. I, I just you know? I just think that you were sick, and you were so on the gas, yeah. so many places that pretty you much just, you just didn't have. It's weird. It's weird yeah. how the mind works. But and anyway, it was even crazier is I was supposed to. I had friends that wanted me to go to a couple of different racetracks this last weekend. I just, before I even became any sicker, I was like, nah, you know what? I just need to spend some time at home and it wouldn't have worked out if I did go anyways, cause I wasn't well. So let's get, to, let's get to what we are going to this weekend, Greg. I'm, I'm so pumped. Um, Moto America round one, finally Atlanta, a lot of storylines that we can go over, go through ideas, thoughts. I'm interested to get yours. Um, but you know, yeah, the 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 big thing is is that we've been waiting for this this you know Hono Superbike class to kick off. We saw a little bit of action at Austin, and I think that when you get right to it and you start looking at the main contenders for the championship for the race wins, I'm just kind of curious to get your view before we go into each person. Um, I think there's probably legitimately six or seven guys that we need to just at least give mentions to, of of kind of what we're expecting from them is how I was looking at it, thinking about this over the last two days. Laying there in bed, think about what, how do we, how do we, kind of bridge this as far as who we like and and who we feel like what they need to do. I just figured we'd look at some expectations from each rider individually. Yeah, if you look at it from a, you know like a numbers perspective, we only have one, you know, former. I hate using that word because it's not. We have one past superbike champ. Yeah, you know, in Josh Heron. Yeah, everybody else is new. So we could only have one person to repeat in the Superbike class. Um, you only have three active race winners currently. You have Josh Aaron, who sits on eight total for Moto America. You have Matthew Skultz, who's in there with, uh, what does he have, three? Hold on, let me look at my... Matthew's got two, and Bobby Fong has three. Yeah. And, and all three of Bobby's came from last year. Yeah. So even if you look at the field, the only rider in the field that even won in 2020 is Bobby Fong. Yeah. Because it's been years since Skultz has won. It's been 19 since Aaron's won. So if you look at just that alone, you have to go, well, championship's wide open. Now add to the mix that you have Jake Gagne in there who finished second in the championship last year, who has made a step, has a new crew chief, and is looking really good. 
You know, you you throw in Cam Peterson, who had a very dominant year on a stock, you know, super stock 1000 base machine. On top of that, you go Loris Baz, and now all of a sudden, the announcement of Hector Barbara coming in to race the Shy B Racing BMW. And you got a guy like Kyle Wyman, who's got now upgraded parts and bits and pieces, you know? I mean, what's David Anthony going to do? He's been riding his brains out. So I don't know, Jay. I mean, I think the overall picture is, is that on paper right now, it, we are set for one exciting Honos Superbike season, a season that could see, in my opinion, five to six different race winners this year. And if it rains a couple times, even more than that. Yeah. What do you think? No, I, I, I look at that and I think the same. I think if you, you look straight across right now, at uh, at the attack attack team attack Yamaha team, fresh and lean comes on as a sponsor. Thanks to Josh Heron, um, what he's done just through the powers that be of social media, he's been able to bring uh, you know an outside industry sponsor in, get them involved with the team, and I think arguably the pressure's on Josh this year. I think that he's jumping on the champ's bike from last year. I think it'll probably be the best bike he's ever ridden. Um, Josh has not been in in his own mind, is in his own words, has not been the greatest tester ever. So we can't put a lot of stock in testing down there at um, at at Coda. I think when you look at Josh Heron right now, he's got a lot of things going on great in his life. He was recently married, um, gets this deal to jump on Cam's bike after last year being on that uh, Shiby BMW, and I think. Um, I don't question his ability to ride a motorcycle. He's one of the most talented guys I've seen on a bike. Now with the announcement that he's going to have a kid, I think in September, I just saw that on his Instagram. So yep. congratulations, so, Josh. Yeah, exactly. He's got so many positives going. I think the only thing now that could make it better for him is to go out and win some races and win the championship. So this is the year though, if he's going to do it, I know for all of his supporters and his fans and the people that he's got around him, as far as, um, uh, you know, looking at who he's got on social media and things, I mean, this has got to be his year. He's he's got the best bike, um, arguably one of the best bikes, um, with Richard Stamboli as the head guy on his bike, crew chiefing it. Um, and you, and you just got to think this has got to be his season. So I think there's going to be a, a lot of pressure on him, a lot more probably than in the past. Um, but I think this has got to be the year. If you're if you're him waking up every morning, it's got he's got to be thinking this is his year. And you look right across to his teammate, Jake Gagne, who we both felt at Coda had made some wholesale changes to his riding. He even came up to me and said last year he felt like he was overriding the bike. And we had, we had discussed that many times on the podcast and even during the telecast. And I think, Greg, that with this bikes, this bike, these bikes this day and age, they do so much for the rider that there was a time when you could override a bike and it probably, not, you know, at your own peril because the bikes were a lot harder to ride years and years ago. I think nowadays the bikes are easier to ride. So when you override them, I actually think sometimes it's a deficiency than it, than it actually does in helping. So if Jake truly has changed some of the things the way he's done it, and by all accounts at Coda, it looked like that, I think he's going to be a big challenger as well. Mm -hmm. I agree. The other thing with Josh Heron too, just to add to that is he's had a really good, he was having a really good off season with his eating, with his fitness and all that stuff until he had the shoulder problem when he was just lifting a 60 pound weight and his shoulder popped out. So, you know, I'm, I, I hope that that injury has mostly healed for him. I'm, I haven't talked to him recently to see if he was still able to stay on course with his fitness plan, even though the shoulder was, was a bit problematic for him. So that's something I'm going to keep an eye on with Josh Heron. The other thing too, is 
We know that Josh likes to thrive in an, in an environment where he's not the favorite, Jay. And yes. so one thing I look at and I go, you know what? The addition of Loris Baz has taken some of the spotlight off of Josh Aaron's freshly in attack performance Yamaha, you know, victory, basically. It's a victory that he's on the team and, you know, he's got Richard Stamboli and all that kind of stuff. So I think maybe a lot of the eyes are on Loris Baz and what Loris is going to do on that because he is such a highly rated rider. You know, in speaking with Loris, though, the one thing to keep in mind is he hasn't won a race since 2013, you know, so it's not like he was dipping his toe in series all over the place, just winning, winning, winning. This track, Road Atlanta, is the only track that Baz will not have been to before he arrives. Yeah. So he's doing track days all over the place. So that's really interesting. Uh, the Hector Barber thing, you know, at this point, you know, in his mid-30s already, obviously an extreme talent. I'm not sure what Shibe's going to show up with. You know, the rumor yeah. was he was trying to sell his 2015-16 hybrid and and get a newer bike, uh, but I don't know. And so I think a lot of what Hector Barber is going to be faced with is new tracks, new rubber, new asphalt, you know, new bike, new everything. So I, yeah, I wouldn't expect we, the world from him. Until we see a step up in performance, I think just on the bike itself, it's going to be hard for anybody to jump on that bike and do well, I believe. Um I think Josh got a lot out of that motorcycle when he was on it last year. We remember one race there at Indy where he was just off the leaders. And I agree with you a little bit when you talk about Josh, like to, he likes to have that underdog role. Um, and I think it's okay to have that, but now you're on the best stuff. So you've got to maybe change your philosophies and the way you think. Um, and it'll be interesting to see, you know, kind of if he does that. When you talk about Loris Baz, it's been a while since he's won, but if you look at the places that he's been and the bikes that he's ridden to 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 win in World Superbike, I think is is not the easiest place. Um, you know, last year he's riding that part of Yamaha team that came together late. We've seen this guy kind of go without rides for a while. He was in MotoGP for a bit. Um, I'm probably wouldn't you say second to third tier level bikes, Greg? Probably. Definitely. So, you know, again, now he comes into the series. Probably, you know, the, the mindset of Loris Baz is to go out and win every race. Um, where he's planning on going and what he wants to do when it comes to his future is he's come right out and said that he would love to win the championship here and then get on with Ducati overseas. Um, and I, I, I don't see that as being an unrealistic goal. Um, I think that's a goal that's very attainable. I think it would be great for America if, if Europe looks at our series and decides that, hey, we want to put somebody on a bike over there, and if they do well, we know they're going to be good enough to come over here. And I think you can thank Garrett Gerloff a lot for that. Garrett Gerloff kind of put Moto America back on the map here, I think, last year. And then Cameron going over there as well. Joe was already there. Joe didn't ride any superbike here, so Joe's kind of been brought up in the Moto2 world the last three or four years, Joe Roberts I'm talking about. So when you look at it, I think a lot of the credit goes to Garrett Gerloff and the pace that he has shown has shown people that the pace here in America is strong. And if we are, I haven't understood Greg, and it's something that you've talked about a little bit on this before where people find, you know, Oh, I'm upset that there's not a young American on that bike. Well, I, I get it, but I don't really care who they put on the bike. Um, because if you get people coming over from Europe and wanting to be here racing in America again, it says something about our series. And the bottom line is, is that racing is at the end of the day, a business, it's a yeah. business of, of, of advertising. It's a business of selling motorcycles and exhaust systems and leathers and boots and gloves. And, you know, you, you, who's willing to right now 
take a risk on a young rider and spend all that money when you think, well, I can go hire Loris Baz Correct. and get him on the bike and get a result, you know, yeah. or whatever. What do you think the odds are of Josh Heron and Loris Baz racing each other consistently week after week? And what do you think the odds are if that happens that those two will bang bars more than once? Well, I definitely think that's going to happen. I don't think that there's any question that that's going to happen. Um, we know Josh likes to impose his will and show people that he's going to wants to be up front. I think that's why a lot of people like him. He never leaves anything, um, never leaves anything on the table. He leaves it out there. I think Loris Baz is going to be the same guy, but I think Baz is coming over here with the idea that, you know, um, with no disrespect to the series, I think quite respectfully to the series, he's coming over here. He wants to come over here and win, show people that he can go someplace else and, 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 and win. Happy to see that he got a ride. I don't know. You know, when you look at what, what uh, I said, Pat earlier on, it wasn't, he was, the team was sponsored by them, but it was actually um, Tenkate, wasn't it? Yeah, it was. That's so, right. so, you know, Tenkate is going super, world super sport racing this year. So really, Loris kind of got left out in the cold again, it looked like. Um, and so, you know, I don't think, I think, it seems so far you've had some discussions with him. Uh, I'm looking forward to meeting him in person again. Um, but Laura seems like a pretty easygoing guy, guy that's pretty um, chill, you know, I guess you could say, which is great. But he's going to – he's a racer at the end of the day. He's not going to put up with anything from anybody on the grid. And, um, and I think he's got a bike that's going to be formidable enough for him to, you know, stick his, stick his neck out but not have to overdo things too much. So um, – you know, and so I think I think Loris is going to be a tough guy. Um, when you look at the other Ducati that's going to be on the grid, you look at Kyle Wyman and the things that he's gone through during the off season. To be fair, got to know Kyle a little bit, uh, you know, over the last year or so. And you and I both appreciate how hard he works to get what he gets out of his program. Um, he's going to also be riding that factory Harley. We had him on the podcast last week. He talked about that. I don't think that's going to be too much of a distraction for him for three rounds. I think he's got, he's done a very good job at organizing things, tremendous job at organizing things. I think though, this is the year that we see him and hopefully see him step up to where he'll be more formidable at the front as well. Um, weekend and week out. I think that he's going to have that little extra motivation uh, having Loris Baz across from him. He's actually spent some time with Loris Baz himself uh, at Coda doing some Ducati ride days. So he said to me, he's like, wow, he's a great guy, which is good. So um, I don't think that, that Loris was the kind of guy that was going to come over here and immediately create tension or, or, te or um, rivalries right off the bat. You know, I don't think that's – so he seems like he's gotten along pretty well with everybody, Kyle included. And, uh, but I think we see Kyle step up a little bit this year as well. I hope so. I think yeah. it's going to be good. He's got upgraded. A lot of the bits and pieces on his bike are upgraded, like factory, you know, stuff that he's gotten from Bologna. The motor itself is done a little bit more conservatively, so he can stretch the motors a bit. Yeah. And I'm not sure what percentage, you know, if that's the last 1%. I don't think that's going to be a big deal. I mean, if he was down one or two horsepower on Baz, just Baz's size alone versus Kyle's size would probably even that out. Correct. Yeah, I would agree with you on that. I mean... I would definitely agree with you on that, Greg, that, that, you know, Kyle's a pretty small guy. So, uh, the, the Ducati we know is, is really, is obviously a very good package to start with. Um, is this going to be Kyle's third year on that bike? Is it third year? Third year. Yeah. Third year. So I think he's going into the season. Obviously he gets Panera bread jumping on board. I mean, it's fantastic having them being able to come on board. I think you said you're going to 
uh, Panera Bread in Gainesville tomorrow night. Aren't you six o'clock? Yeah, he's yeah. doing the livery reveal. And so, so I'm cool. staying, you know, two wheels of such as is only like 50 minutes away. Yeah. So I was like, well, I'll just make sure that I'm there. You know, I want to see the livery reveal and stuff. So I'll sure, sure I'll do some video or something, some That's live awesome. streaming or something from there. But <clears throat> yeah, yeah I'm, it's bummed good. I'm, not, I'm bummed I'm not getting in there early enough for that. And I'll spend some time with him on Thursday for sure and uh, kind of see where his, his head is with all the stuff that he's got going. And um, that'll be. It'll be interesting to see. So when you start looking at that, I think it's going to be great. Now, you know, let's let's move on to the M4 team. Um, Bobby Fong, who comes out of the test, even with a little bit of controversy, it sounded like. Um, <laughs> but look, it's a test. Nobody really cares that much uh, unless you're in that team or that rider. Um, you know, Bobby Fong came out a little bit quicker than anybody. And when you look at Bobby Fong, you look at his teammate, Cam Peterson. These are two guys that actually had really incredible years last year. Bobby Fong goes out and wins some races, um, was very downplayed when he beat everybody without um, Cambobier actually finishing, if you remember, and at Road America. And I, I looked at it like, you know, I thought that was, you know, pretty realistic. I think that's kind of how, how a lot of top guys would handle things. A win is a win, don't get me wrong, but you always want to do it when the best guy's still circulating. And, um, and you always want to back it up. And he did that last year. Put in a couple tremendous rides at Indy. I think overall, as the season got on, he was more consistent. Um, and and when you look at Camp Peterson, and you know, quite arguably, probably the best season of anybody last season. People will look at the Superstock Thousand class and think, yeah, it was a Superstock Thousand class, yeah. But this guy was going out, if you remember, Greg, towards the end of the year and battling for top fives on the Superstock Thousand bike in the Superbike class in the dry. Um, He's on a, a definite high right now. Both guys work with Josh Hayes really closely, which is a tremendous um, asset to both of them having him in the corner. And I, I look at it like that team's going to probably be pretty tight knit. Two guys, I think, probably get along well together. And yeah, they're on the Suzuki, but I, I expect kind of big years from both of those guys. I agree with you on everything that you said. Really, nothing to add on that. I'm really excited to see Fong in this next season. You know, with with a really good idea of what to expect, and I I do expect some good things. That bike is getting a little long in the tooth, but it's still competitive. It, so it, that team did a nice job of the transition from what was Yoshimura Suzuki to what they had, and you know, um, it was a t- it was definitely it was definitely a tough season. I think, um, kind of first year out uh, for them, but they, they had some obstacles that they had to go through, but they showed their experience overall. I think, you know, when you think about how long M4 has been around, how much they've given to paddocks um, from where back in the days to, 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 you know, all the way through to the AMA and Motor America now, um, you know, they were able to shine through. And I think there's always going to be a little bit of doubt cast at any time you kind of put new guys on super bikes. But if you went into last year on most people's eyes, I think that they would have expected Tony Elias to kind of be the lead rider on that team. And, Bobby just kind of went about and did his business and didn't really pay attention too much to other things or, or stuff. It seemed like, uh, didn't get distracted, kept his head down, um, and did a tremendous job. So, um, you know, when you, when you look at Bobby, I thought he developed really well last year and he probably learned a lot. And, uh, I think the fact that, like you say, Greg, there's only one rider in the, in the championship that's won a championship in Josh Heron. Um, you know, it keeps it pretty open. There's no, there's no dominant guy right now, so it's going to be interesting. And you did mention Dave Anthony. Dave Anthony is going to be riding with Jason Uribe 
Um, a team that, that, you know, you look at Dave Anthony, very much similar to Kyle Wyman, puts his own, puts his own effort together, puts his own team together, tons of work output just to get that going. Um, this year at CVMA, David was laying down lap times that were pretty astonishing. Um, now granted, if all of our superbike riders went there, they would probably be matching it. But when you look at how well he is riding, um, Dave's got to be into probably into his late thirties. Is he not? Yes, he is. Yeah. And there was a time three or four years ago, we actually, he actually sat me down and said, Jay, you know, when do you kind of feel like, you know, your time's coming? Well, right now, David is riding as good as I've seen him ride. Um, looks very easy on the bike. Very simple. He's not a guy that throws it down the road a lot, which is good. And Jason Uribe, who we've seen on Hondas forever, laid down some lap times at Buttonwillow a month or so ago that were insane. He was quicker than David at the test at Coda. Um, I think he's going to come in completely rejuvenated, jumping on a new motorbike. Um, you know, years on the Honda that he spent probably trying and hoping that Honda was going to get involved more in his program um, kind of proved to be you know, fruitless in the sense that they, that never really happened. So he gets this, this, this deal, whatever his deal is, to go ride with uh, with Aussie Dave. And um, I think that's that's going to be another another challenge for Dave. He's got a younger teammate who I think this time is capable of running with him and beating him. So that could motivate Dave Anthony a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty excited to see it. The field is really stacked. There's some other riders that are really talented in the field, but they are in this Superbike Cup. There's stock Well, thousand. wait, 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 wait. What? No. what? There's one more we got to talk about. Matthew Skultz. Of course. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, and I didn't, I, I kind of left the best for, for, for the end here because I feel like Matt, this could be a season for him that where, you're in your opinion i want to hear it but matt's been around a while he's on the same team he's on the same bike i watched him pretty closely at coda and there was a lot of times where he was going out and putting in long runs behind some of the fast guys he was very cagey about it um he he looked sharp his consistency was amazing the bike looked good you could hear that thing from a mile away like you didn't have to be you know if you've ever been to coda you know how big it is um I could be on one end of the track, uh, turn eight, I believe it is, coming on the back straightaway, and I can almost hear Matthew around the whole track. So you're not going to not be able to find where Matthew is just based off the sound of the bike. But, you know, he's coming back from injury. He's going to be hungry. I think the fact that there's no Cambobie, there's no um, kind of guy that's been the guy for the last couple of years, I think this mindset-wise might affect a few riders in a way of like, hey, it's my turn. Like, it's my time. I got to take this ball and run with it. And I feel like Matthew's kind of, I kind of feel like he's one of those guys. Yeah. It's been weird with Matthew because, you know, he goes out and wins the stock thousand championship in 2017. Yeah. If you remember, he wins a race on a super stock thousand bike in the rain at Barber. And, you know, the next year he's got some success. They go full blown super bike and all that kind of stuff. And he just hasn't quite found the rhythm and it's not all on him. You know, his team will tell you that they are still learning things. They've been making some really deep changes to the bike, you know, in terms of electronics and things like that. So this year feels like a Matthew Skultz year. He, he, he's fit. He's coming off of an injury that had nothing to do with him. He didn't make the mistake. It was Indianapolis. And yeah. it was just totally happenstance. Yeah, it's just such a bummer. It was such a bummer because he was really just in a groove. And so, you know, the team's been quietly going about their business and making improvements and they've added personnel. And I just think that 
I don't know. I mean, like, like Skultz is a head turner right now. He's somebody you got to look at and say, he's got potential to win a championship. He's done it in Moto America. He knows how to do it, string a championship together. So it's just about that consistency and, and, and keeping clean, you know, and avoiding some of those yes. pitfalls, right? Like early season mistakes, early season mistakes or things yeah, like want, bad not, starts. Wanting, wanting it bad enough, but not wanting it bad enough where you're going to throw away third or throw away fourth and get those points. I think this year is going to be a big season for that. Like, not tossing the thing down the road, not just for Matthew, but for a lot of our top guys, it's going to be a season where we've got to like realize that, you know, it's, it's the field is deep for us, especially when you get through the first eight, nine guys. Um, um, so, so when you look at it, it's going to be super important to score points. Yes, that is, that is really it. And take those, whatever point scoring positions you get to take them and not put it at risk late in the race. Correct. You know, if you're sitting in fifth, take fifth, I'm not saying don't go after it if if fourth is right there, but you've got to balance that out and say, okay, you know, this is one race and two races of 20 this year. You know, yeah. it's it definitely can lose the championship in in round number one, and you can't win it. So it, it's it's not saying that Matthew would do that, but I'm saying that the entire field. Oh, any, needs to anybody, have that yeah, anybody. Yeah. And I think that when you look back, circling back, you look at Hector Barbara. He's a name. He has been a name. He's been a MotoGP. Um, I I just don't. You know, I'd love to be able to see him do do well. I mean, just having that manufacturer involved, having Shibe on that BMW is is great. We need, I mean, the BMW is a great bike. You look at other series around the world, the BMW, um, you know, BSB mostly that I'm thinking about. There's a ton of BMWs in the field over there that are fast. Um, and it's just going to be a matter of how hungry is he and how good is the equipment. And, you know, we'll find that out pretty quickly. I, I definitely don't want to seem like I'm just – I'm, I'm being negative on the thing. I just, I think. No, that, he's just, um, he hasn't been here. You know, at least Baz he has been here yeah. for months. He's ridden the bike. He doesn't track days around here. There's just a lot of things it's stacked crazy. against Hector Barber. That's all. Loris, Loris has already done, just following him on social media, he's already done VIR. He's already done Pittsburgh. He's already done, um, oh, what's the other one, Greg? I saw it, it Jersey. So he's already been to three of the tracks that he's got to go see. And he's inevitably, he's going to see them all. That's why I always tell people if he, if, you know, you watch, he hasn't been to Atlanta this week. How long do you think it's going to take for him to get on the pace there? Mm, 30 one, minutes, one session. Yeah. yeah one, one session. session he's one going session. to figure the place out. He's going to be gone and he's going to be on his way. And, um, that it's not going to be a difficult transition for him. Um, when you, when you ride at that level, it's it, you just get up to speed you know, pretty quickly. So, all right, listen, man, we could get down a rabbit hole, like a big time rabbit hole with all this stuff, but let's move on to super sport because yeah. we have Richie Escalante, the returning champion who's got his number one plate, which I'm glad to see, by the way, that someone's yeah. actually running a number one plate. You have the return of Sean Dylan Kelly into the class on the M4 X star Suzuki, the addition of talents like Sam Lockoff, Nolan Lampkins in the mix. So looking through this field of hopefuls, you got to talk about Rocco Landers. Does he have potential? You know, is he going to make the, the the jump that he's been able to make from Junior Cup to Twins Cup and all that kind of stuff? So, looking at the field of Supersport, this intermediate class, um, anything stand out in your mind at this point? Do you actually have the list of the, in front of you? Yeah. All right. Great. Because I don't have that. So, so, if you go to MotoAmerica.com, just 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 below the big picture at the top is a yep. is a link called Entry List, and so this Entry List we're looking at. Well, it's current. It's current, yeah. but it'll, yeah. be, it'll also be updated tomorrow. So like the most current entry list will be on Wednesday. So uh, you see that, Craig, I learned something new every day. Mm-hmm. See that? You're welcome. Um, thanks, G-Dub. So yeah, I got it now. I think when you when you look at this, and it's great being able to see this now, um, 
you know, I was thinking about the 600 class and Escalante went to Coda and, you know, I just think, I just think Richie's a guy just doesn't, doesn't care what people think, doesn't care what people do. He just wants to get on with it, go out and race. SDK is a lot the same, um, puts on a pretty happy demeanor, happy face, ready to go racing. Um, and, and I think those are going to be the two guys that are going to be battling. And then I think you kind of got everybody else that's going to be knocking on their doors. And I'm super excited, Greg, about this. The, the thing I'm probably most excited about in this class is the list of rookies that we're going to get involved. I mean, obviously, I mean, it's very rare that we get to get the top three guys from top three guys from our junior cup last year have all jumped up. Rocco Landers, Lockoff, and Dominic Doyle have all jumped up into the 600 class. Um, we can't rule out. We've got guys. I mean, how great is it to see Stefano Mesa is going to run 600 this year. Uh, Xavier Zaya is joining him now. As you saw, the Mesa 37 racing team is, is um, kind of brought in Xavier. Sound like maybe he had some trouble um, getting back on a team um, from last year. But I think what one of the rookies, those are the ones that I'm kind of interested in seeing. Nate Minster is going to be back. He put in a really solid season last year. So I don't know, Greg. I think I think you look at the first two guys, and we kind of know that those two guys are going to be battling at the front. I don't think that that's any big shocker. But which one of these rookies are going to come up and through? I've seen Rocco on a 600 out here um, in California. He's doing what he normally does. He puts in a lot of time. Very, very, very fast. Um, Dominic Doyle's been putting in his time. I saw he raced this weekend in Jersey. Lockhouse been putting in a lot of time with PJ Jacobson down at Jennings. Um, Benjamin Smith's coming back. I mean, it's going to be pretty wide open and it's going to be interesting to see who could bring the fight to the two guys at the front. And that's the whole thing. Yeah. Two guys at the yeah. front. We know it. They added, if you're a video gamer, they nerfed the ZX6R a little bit. They added eight pounds to it or something like that. Will that affect him? Hard to say. Um, you know, we'll know. We don't think that he had it on at Coda for some reason. But, you know, that's a welcome sight, obviously, if you're racing a, you know, a very old GSX-R 600. I mean, the bike may be produced in the last year, but the technology of that bike hasn't changed in what? Is this year 10 now, Jay? Maybe that that bike hasn't changed? I think the funniest thing about it was, and I didn't hear this from the horse's mouth, so I don't know how true this is or an untrue it is, but I was told that he liked the bike better with the weight on it. Yeah, you know, I, I did hear that same thing, too. So, <laughs> like, oh, that's, yeah, that's not good. That, <laughs> and, and, and listen, but that might be Richie and his team playing some mind games. I mean, I, I wouldn't, you know, because like you're saying, the one thing that's impressive about Escalante is he just he just runs his own program. He doesn't, you know, he just he's out there. He does his stretches. He doesn't really care. And he's not really affected by what other people do. No. I mean, at least that's the way it appears. 100%. Put the guy on a superbike, he'd be up front too. I mean, he's got that. I think it's been good for Richie to run 600. And I think it's not going to hurt him for another year. Because last year, he definitely looked like he changed some of the ways he did, some of the things that he did as far as his racecraft. And he changed some of that, and I thought it was for the better. And I felt like watching him, you know, sort of midway through, Greg. And it's really great because Greg and I sit there, and we watch the same thing as you guys do at home. And it was it was literally like from my point and my perspective, as well as yours, I'm sure also, Greg, that we kind of saw him mature as a rider. And um, some of the chances he took uh, – you know, it didn't seem like they were as big as before. And I think looking back too, he, he was all, he's also the guy that when he did a lot of his passing, it was in the corners. He didn't, you know, I was watching the indie race. Just, I was on TV on Saturday or Sunday and, um, you know, he got drafted down the front straightaway by Posh and, and Stefano. And he went back by him going into turn one. Like they were 
clearly in front of him and he kind of weeded kind of right between them and got back past. I think that he definitely took it personally last year when people started coming at him about the bike and this and that. And I think he wanted to prove that, Hey, I don't need to go by these guys down the straightaway anyways, you know? So <laughs> in his own way, that's just my perspective on how I felt he was dealing with things. I thought it was fantastic. The other thing too, to consider, which I think we just kind of forgot about was he'd spent years and years and years on a Yamaha. And that was his first year jumping to a Kawasaki. And there was a bit of a learning curve. And I just think that there's something about the Kawasaki that just feels better to Richie and gave him a little bit more confidence. I don't know yeah. if that's yeah, could fitting be. on the bike team, or whatever team it also. is. You know, you that get team a, was great. Yeah. Get a team and he's working indirectly with Graves and or directly with Graves, I guess you could say. And so they've done a lot of testing on that bike in the year or two previous, don't forget. Um, there's a lot of a lot of riding been going on out here. So 600 class is going to be interesting to see where we're at when we're down there. I know that by the first session – you know, when you look at that first session, Richie's up to pace immediately, as is SDK. So we're going to get a pretty clear shot at where things are at. Now, a class, Greg, that you and I also go through, and I'm going to say the name for it so that you don't go have to, the sportbiketrackgear.com <laughs> junior cup this year. Sportbiketrackgear.com um, junior cup. Exactly. A class that I think everybody's excited about. But man, if you want a class that's wide open with the top three guys moving out last year, and you look at the guys that we have now, they're going to be some familiar names in this as well. Guys that maybe have never, oh God, I don't think there's anybody in here that has won a race. Um, so if we go down this little list of guys that we kind of look at and without knowing too many of the newbies. First off, Jack Roach, I'm super pumped for him. He's going to be riding the Westby Racing Yamaha R3. There's going to be two of those in the field. Blake Davis has also made that switch on N2 Racing Yamaha R3. So, we know that there's been some concessions made for that bike to try to get it a little bit more con- competitive with the Ninja 400 Kawasaki's. Um, that said, you still got to look at those two guys are going to be, they're going to be fast. Jack has been testing the bike. Um, I'm sure, you know, Blake, as young as he is and as small as he was, these kids grow up so quick. I say was because yeah, by the time we get, to, yeah, <laughs> we get to Atlanta this year, this last year we met him in Atlanta, I believe. And we get this year and they get a little taller and, and voices get a little deeper as they go in this class. Um, and there's some other guys that have changed and moved around Cody Wyman. Um, he has now jumped on a Kawasaki Ninja 400, um, Aiden Thau. He's been out here with the Kalashine racing, doing a ton of riding, um, both at CVMA and at AFM doing the button willow stuff. Um, Maxwell Toth, the kid that we saw last year, I believe was at Laguna Seca that we saw Max and he yeah, ended up falling so. off, I believe. But big, big things we've heard about Max. So I, I expect good things from him. Uh, but Benjamin Glotti, uh, you look at where Benjamin is, other than his size, you've got to think that kind of to start the year, he's he was the guy that kind of ran with, you know, those other three last year a bit. Um, he, he'd run well, with he's Bronco. the next guy. So he was so the, the top next three guy. leave the class Correct. and he was fourth, fourth in the championship. Yes. So. so you kind of got to look at him and go, well, is Ben the guy this year? And, of course, the other guy that I know looking at this rundown is Gus Rodeo. So Gus is going to be coming back from a pretty big injury. But when you look at it, Greg, this class is wide open. It is wide open. And the other thing, too, is Tyler Scott comes in on a KTM RC390R. Mm-hmm. And Tyler is highly touted by some people that I've known for a number of years. Great. So Scott, to make his debut, you know, we'll see. And, and the fact that he's the lone KTM back in the field, I like to see that as well. So it'll be very interesting to see with new race direction, or sorry, not new race direction in Moto America, but new technical direction, as we have a new tech, you know, lead tech person, to see how quickly these bikes will be balanced out or how the balancing they currently have has been working 
and Road Atlanta is a good place to do that because yeah. you know it's it's a big dyno for sure down the back straightaway. Correct. So I'm looking forward to that class now. Initially, here at Road Atlanta, there are only, and I say only, but only 16 entries or so in the class. But Jason, you know several people as I do that are 13 years old right now that are going to turn yes. 14 during the course. So, I mean, we expect to have in the mid twenties of participants towards the end of the season, only because people are aging into the class. Yes, finally. that's exactly right. And what that, what, what a great sign for our, for our series, for our championship, for everything else. I mean, you know, and, and just, just to kind of look back here, we, you know, Greg, the, we have 26, 26 entries for Superbike right now, um, which is more than we had at any time last year. We've got 30 for super sport. And right now, Junior Cup, I think last year or the year before, was like the biggest. Right now, we've got 16. But like you say, we know a lot of youngsters. Uh, I personally know two or three myself. Um, one of them's pretty highly touted. Uh, you know, Owen Williams, he's going to be coming out. I know you met Owen out here. Never heard CBMA. of him. Never <laughs> heard of him. Oh, no. Dad's, dad's a rotten guy, too. Um, yeah, right. Yeah, he's yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's a meanie pants. Yeah, he's as bad no, as get, right? <laughs> what a great family. Um, yeah, unbelievable family and people. And um, he's going to be another kid. And he'll be joining, I believe he's going to be joining now at the Cali Shine Racing Team as soon as he becomes age uh, of age. So, you know, I think that's a class that's it's going to be wide open. And this year, those guys are going to be chasing the Rocco times. And from, from you know, last year and the year, a couple years past, they're going to be able to look at what Rocco did lap time wise and, um, and, and try to, kind of see where they're standing with him. And they're going to be watching him in super sport as well. Now let's move on, Greg, to a class that I am just so pumped to see blowing up. Um, actually, well, you mentioned, you mentioned a number, Jason. This is the yeah. biggest class for entries. Unbelievable. And we that's got, shocking. And, and it's a class, it's a class that I'm, uh, I'm going to be, there's, there's going to be some surprises, I'm sure, but we're talking about stock 1000. Uh, we got 34 entries for stock 1000 um congratulations by the way saying it properly i'm so proud of you what did i say oh stock 1000 instead of th- instead of thousand no you said stock. it yeah instead of super stock thousand <laughs> you actually said it's it only because it, it's only because it's right in front of my eyes i know time. you're reading it off the, i'm just i'm very proud yeah, i can't i can't lie i tweet i cheated so but i mean like we got the return of jake lewis coming back i love that i mean the return of wyatt ferris um another great guy he's gonna be riding m4 i was so bummed to see him hurting the way he was at the Coda test, uh, not really able to get enough time on that bike. Um, and I'm hoping that he's going to be doing better. But then you've got Travis Wyman coming back again. He's been out here testing. How about the return of two-time stock thousand champion Andrew Lee is back. Um, Corey Alexander has put together a team along with Honos. Um, Honos HVMC Racing, Corey Alexander. He's going to be coming back. Guy double, he did Double wins here, I believe, last year in Atlanta. Um, we mentioned him earlier, Stefano Mesa. Just pumped to see Stefano back. I see Jeff May on the on the list. Now, the greatest thing is I, I was wondering all last week, who could Greg be talking about when it comes to another <laughs> Honda rider? Um, and How it's about Jeff, that, huh? Jeff May. Jeff May yeah. on the new Honda CBR 1000. He's going to be joining... No, hold on, hold on. You got to say, say the whole name. You got to say the whole name of the bike. I just want to hear you say. It. Go ahead. Uh, Jeff May Racing Vision. No, 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 no. The bike. Say oh, the name of the oh, motorcycle. Honda, Honda Seabarrel 1000 RR RSP. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> My God. I can't yeah. even imagine what that meeting was like at Honda. No, no, no. I got a great idea. Add? Let's add an R and then, yeah. Yeah, and then add an SP to it. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. But I mean, you got, you got a lot of guys here. Um, 
but you have a lot of guys here that are going to be uh, top level guys. Michael Gilbert, again, a lot of these guys, I mean, the Kawasaki guys specifically, they literally just got these bikes together and put them on the truck. I was kind of witnessing. I that. saw social media that, yeah, yeah like, oh, yeah. Uh, Gilbert was like, what, seven days ago? Just pick the bike up. And then the next day he's at the track with blank body work on it. And I was like, oh boy. Yeah. And I'm not saying this because he's kind of one of my guys, but Corey Alexander, nobody, nobody out there is going to understand how hard this kid worked to just get this program together. I mean, Greg, I'm not, and this is no joke. Up until four or five days before his semi left, and this is this is dead serious. He had no bike, and he had no truck driver to drive the semi. They got a brand new semi. He didn't have a bike, and he didn't have a sem a guy that could drive the semi to Atlanta. And with all the other things he had to do, with um, he had to peel the old decals off of the uh, off the rig that they're currently using, uh, and put all the new decals on. On he had to get that all done. They got that all done in Palm Springs. Um, Incredible effort, incredible, you know, work from, from Corey on that. And he's going to have, I think Michael's going to be sharing that rig with him this year. Um, uh, you know, as, as oh, that'll as, be pleasant. That'll be pleasant if those two start beating each other up. Well, it'll be, uh, I've got, it's been pretty, pretty cordial so far. They had a pretty big battle, um, at Chuckwalla a couple rounds ago. So did they? Did yeah. they really? Yeah, I didn't get to watch. Uh, I didn't get to watch that one. Unfortunately, I was too. I far think behind. you actually watched quite a bit of it because mm-hmm. you were behind them. I watched some of it, and then they got so far out in front of me, I couldn't see them. So, it, <laughs> but I still watched it. Believe it or not, I was actually going around the racetrack watching it. But there's going to be a lot of guys on here of names that I recognize, people that I see. It's going to be interesting to see who can step up. The only bad part about this class, and I'm not saying that. In a, I guess I am saying that in a bad way. The bad part is, is that the disparity between speeds between the top guys and kind of the lower guys in this class does generate a ton of traffic. Um, so let's see if some of these guys stepped up. I love the fact that uh, Danella Lewis is back, um, which, which is good. Um, and isn't Mauricio Hildago, didn't he do good? He did pretty well at Indy last year, I believe. I believe so. It was the team from Buenos Aires. So there's a lot of talent in here for sure. We kind of know who's going to be, you know, at the, at the sharp end, you know, four yeah. or five, six, six riders there. Travis Wyman, of course, will be there. Andrew Lee, we mentioned, you know, hopefully the new CBR kind of gets its stride and we see mm-hmm. Ashton Yates up front. Corey's mm-hmm. going to be there, all that stuff, you know. I'd love Mace to see Ashton be, up front. He deserves I'd it. I'd love to see it. Oh, yeah. After what he, he went through last year, he deserves to be up front. He definitely deserves yep. it. No question. So, and he, he's fast. I mean, his Twins Cup, for, or uh, sorry, his, um, you know, uh, sportbiketrackgear.com junior cup performances. Sport bike, yeah. Uh, anyway, <laughs> you're going to, you're going to have trouble with that all year. Uh, no, I'll have that written out right in front of my face, which I'm I don't sure. have it because I'm looking uh, at I'm sure. twins cup, which, which has been our largest, uh, you know, field normally yeah. still yeah. 28 riders coming out in this one. But really Jason, I think that now it's kind of solidified itself as a kind of a two part class in twins cup. One of them is a place and as an intermediate step before super sport for these junior cup riders to possibly get their, you know, dip their toe into it. And then you have, you know, another group of riders that is just like, this is a good economical way to go racing. And it's a little more than a junior cup bike. And, you know, that's why you're seeing Caleb DeCurl in there. You know, you have uh, Trevor Standish in the mix. Jackson Blackman's been around a while. Toby Kamsook. I mean, there are plenty of plenty of big name talents in this class. And it's definitely not a class to be discounted by any stretch of the imagination. And... The exciting thing is, is that we've seen Suzuki SV650s and Yamaha FC07s or the MT07 
uh, in the class, but now you're adding a surprise Aprilia RS660, and there's quite a few of them that are going to be lining up. I think that's the greatest thing about the class. Again, um, class champion has moved on. Uh, Rocco Landers won this championship last year. He's moved on. Um, this is going to be a class of who's going to take the kind of bull by the horns. I believe when you look at it, Greg, I don't think that Jack's never won in this class. I know Caleb has. I'm trying to think of who else has possibly won in this class. And I think I think Caleb's the uh, – Chris Parrish has won also. Uh, but that's been a couple of years, hasn't it, since Chris Parrish has won. So when you look at this, I think the big things are – there, who's going to come to the front? Travis Dandish, Jackson Blackman, two guys that we've seen at the front um, coming into the season. And then, you, like you say, I think the other big thing is is the the bike changes. Um, Jackson Blackman's going to be on a Yamaha this year. He's making the jump over from the Suzuki. You got the likes of Toby Kamsuk, Caleb DeCrail, um, Hayden Schultz. They're all going to be running for the Robum Engineering um, team, and they are all on the Aprilia, you know, uh, RS650. I see, like you say, Greg. Quite a few guys have made that switch over to the 650. It's probably got to be about 10 of them, it looks like, in there. So when you when you really get to, to looking at uh, the names and the list of people on here, I see a lot of new names. I see some names that I know that have been club racing before out here in California. They've moved forward and going to make a jump up here into uh, going and do some some national stuff. So, and, and, and you're right, Greg. This is a great blend of kind of a blend of, I think when they started this class, it was going to be kind of, Build your bike, be able to come to the races, be part of the Motor America experience. Um, if you don't want to jump on a 600, you don't want to jump on a 1,000, we've given you an alternative. And then it's turned into kind of a feeder class, hasn't it? Um, coming from Junior Cup, it's given some of these Junior Cup riders a place to go and jump from there onto the 600s. And we've seen, you know, obviously we saw Alex Dumas do this. We saw Rocco Landers do this um, as far as previous champions come through this class they won championships in junior cup they won championships in twins cup and then they moved on to the classes that they're going into so it's kind of you get the a mix of the young and old and i like that heather trees from ohio is in the mix on sizzle maniac racing i hope heather comes out of the box ripping i don't know if she has any experience at road atlanta but and i know shannon dean if you look at shannon dean down there at the bottom shannon she's, dean she races a lot out here um with cvma and uh, Shannon rolls. I mean, she's she she goes. And she's on the new Aprilia. She's on so the new Aprilia. Been, yes. Has she been racing that out there? I, don't, I didn't. You know, I, don't I believe she had an F- I, I believe she had an FZ07 that she was riding. I think that actually belonged to Simon. I think I, I'm not positive, but I think Simon had an FZ07 that he had sold to Shannon. So maybe she was she bought that bike to get some like some twins experience without having the the uh, the Aprilia maybe ready yet. But um, but I believe that she was on that, and she was fast on it. She was definitely fast. I remember seeing her, I believe, battling for the lead in one of the twins classes out at out at uh, CVMA. So, you know, it's going to be an exciting year. I mean, um, lot to go with, and then of course the last, not least, but mission the mission king of the baggers is going to be opening round at Atlanta as well. And I think that when you look at this, Craig, you look at it and you go, okay, right now we got eight riders, right? <clears throat> but we have we have some pretty good quality in here, and I mean, I mean, what's the name that jumps out of your face, uh, out of your out of the list here, right onto your face? If you look at this, Michael Barnes, it's just great, isn't it? Yeah, it's the best. It's the best. It is literally if the you, best. If you look at this field, though, you look at the, some of the riders that are in this King of the Baggers. 
Mm-hmm. It, it looks like an XR twelve hundred race from DMG days. It looks like know, a so. it looks like an all star XR twelve hundred race. Yeah, it does. Like you remember, you remember in dirt track a long time ago they used to do that dash for cash. Mm-hmm. So you yeah. get your like top six qualifiers or top you know they'd have heat races and I think it was like the first two from each heat they went to the to the dash for cash and it was just like a cash race for six laps or whatever it was. That's what it looks like. You got Frankie Garcia and Tyler O'Hara. They're going to be on the the Indian Challenger. The rest of the field's on Harleys, but you got Kyle Wyman, Michael Barnes, Hayden Gillum are all guys that are pretty recognizable. Um, John Cyberling, Eric Stahl. I believe I, I, I've heard of Eric Stahl. I, I probably, I'm trying to think if I know Eric. And then you got Robert Fisher, kind of round, all these guys rounding out the class, but it's, it's one of those things where, you know, I don't think you need, I don't think you need quantity to have quality because I think that between Garcia, O'Hara, Kyle Wyman, Barney, and, and Hayden Gillum, you're going to have some pretty good quality up at the front. And it's going to be interesting to watch these bikes. It will be. And by the way, if you're interested, Honos Superbike will be on Fox Sports 2 this weekend. Okay, 3 o'clock I think is is the time, but I've got to double check all that. I'll, I'll tweet about it and Jason will retweet it or whatever. Yeah. Uh, Supersport airs this year on MAV-TV as it's done in the years past. Sportbiketrackgear.com Junior Cup will air on Fox Sports 2. Little slight tape delay. Stock Thousand will be on your Moto America Live Plus app, which we're going to give some things away, as will Twins Cup. And Mission, King of the Baggers, will air on Fox Sports 1 this time around, which makes a lot of sense considering that the stuff they posted online is somewhere like over a million views. Wow. yeah, it's it's definitely interesting bit to to watch all that unfold. Um, so just to give you the heads up, that's kind of what's going on on that bit. And Jason and I are, I mean, I'll speak for Jason, but I will on this one. So pumped to get out of away from our home and get to the racetrack. Man, on it's going to be great. Motorcycle, it's going to be great. It's going to be great. We get to face our old boy Chuck Asklin and the fact that mm. he's been on a roll with the old fantasy. So we're gonna have to deal with him, I'm sure, during the yeah, weekend dude. over that. And we've got. Some stuff with that, but talking supercross, Greg, from this last weekend. I'm well, sure. Hold on, it, hold on, hold on. Oh, go hold on. on. Sorry, what did I forget? Yeah. Before we do that, I'm yeah. going to give away some. I'm going to give. Oh away yeah, some we got to do Moto the live Live Plus. Sorry, codes. yes. All right, yeah. I I'm thought we were doing away. that after fantasy. Let's do it after fantasy. I'm running this podcast right now. All right, right. then do it. Let's do it, after. do it after. I fan- just can't. I just can't forget to do it because you know you get not, live I, plus apps this weekend. I, as your sidekick, will not let that happen. Because right. I know everybody this last week had Marvin Muscan winning at Salt Lake City round one. Wow. Wow. Everybody had him winning, I'm sure. Um, Marvin Muscan, tremendous victory. Can't take that away from him. He's had a struggle, it seems, this year. Fought some demons, and he had to fight off his teammate with the last few laps left. Cooper Webb ends up a very, very close second, and has one hand firmly gripped onto that trophy now, Greg. Yeah. Uh, without question. So. He has got a 22-point lead. Uh, now heading into this final round this Saturday night. I don't think there was anybody unhappy to see Malcolm Stewart end up third. I think that is tremendous. Malcolm Stewart's put together quietly a very, very good year. Yeah, that's his first podium ever. Um, Man, that smile that guy has on his face is worth a million dollars, isn't it? I mean, when he's up on the podium and he's smiling the way he is, there's just no way you couldn't feel anywhere but good. And I loved his kit this weekend. I thought it looked trick. Dylan Fernandez, (laughs) it did. I thought it looked great. Fernandez, uh, Fernandez rather. Ends up four, Chase Sexton fifth, Ken Roxon sixth place after leading again. Um, I don't even know what to say. Jason tuck Anderson. Tuck the front, baby. That's what we he said. He did. He tuck did tuck the front. the front. Just feel, I, I don't know. I mean, 
he's such a likable guy. It's like you don't ever really want to hate on him. But man, two weekends in a row, he really had the opportunity to to really bridge this gap going into the final round, and he just didn't get it done. And you 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 feel for the guy. You could see him kind of shrug his shoulders and just say, you know, hey, I did everything. I did the best I could. Well, what are you going to say to somebody that says that to you? feel awful i think it's really weird that they interview him before they even get done interviewing all the podium finishers that's another story jason anderson ends up seventh plessinger dean wilson ninth and I, again another question mark to me eli tomac 10th um on back through i think in this race greg it's it's it just kind of showed the talent that cooper webb had doesn't care where he is doesn't nothing nothing kind of shakes him up nothing it doesn't matter if he starts 10th doesn't matter if he starts first he just puts in his work, slowly grinds away. I think he was more disappointed that he didn't win the race than he was that he extended his gap over uh, Ken Roxon. Um, I, I, I don't think I think he was more unhappy about losing than he was about extending his lead uh, in the championships. What I'm trying to say. Um, and in the 250 class, uh, Joe Shimoda, your guy, my guy, he ends Atta up boy, winning. Joe, and man, the pressure he withstood to do it too. I mean, he was under pressure the whole race. Over Jet Lawrence, Colt Nichols, uh, Moseman, Thomas Dew, Veriz, Carnow, Stapleton, Schlosser, and Short ended up being your top 10. Um, and, you know, looking at it, Greg, the, the big loser on the night, really sad, Christian Craig. He mm-hmm. ends up crashing out and uh, essentially hands the championship over to his teammate, although Shimoda's still in with a shot now. And sometimes when you don't put that championship away, you definitely he's got a week to think about it. Shimoto still has a chance. It's very unlikely. Colt Nichols looks like the champion to be in that class. All three classes, East, West, 250s, and Supercross will be decided this Saturday night. Christian Craig won't be part of it. I saw on his social media this morning that he actually did break his tibia. Oh, man, so that sucks. That Too bad. is the worst. And uh, speaking from somebody that's done that a couple times, that's miserable. And uh, we wish him nothing but the best. Speaking of broken tibias, you didn't happen to see uh, UFC on Saturday night, did you? I don't even, what's UFC? Yeah, that's kind of what I figured you'd say. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there was a bad one on there. Mm, really, really oh, bad. Chris well, Weidman's yeah. shot goes out. And Greg, why don't you get into the fantasy? Well, why at this point? Yeah, <laughs> why? well, for you, why? Yeah, and for me this last weekend, I stunk. Yeah, I mean, Hucklebuck Racing leading the way with one round to go. Potential to win a nice awry helmet of yeah. his choice. MK84 30 what 32 points behind is that right or him and nick are both tied yeah that's right okay so we got a good battle up top anything can happen jp 43 put himself into 12th position but i was i was ninth yeah i mean it's been it's been fun this year for sure i mean i'm bummed that i missed you know missed around yeah because it could have taken you from like 103rd to like 98th yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sure. But the high the high point score in our in our deal this week was Garamea, I guess is how you say that. 282 points, big wow. blue. And and Garrett Kai coming in there at a 260 in third spot. But our boy Uncle Skip, man, rolled in there with 252 and P4 in our league. P4. I, hey, it's great. I talked to Garrett Kai this week. Is that crazy? Did you? Is that crazy? Yeah. I mean, all the years I was with Suzuki, and um, it's great. Garrett told me he listens to the podcast religiously, so that's awesome. So big shout out to Garrett for that. And um, yeah, no, I mean, it's it's great, you know, knowing that our friends and people are listening. But Uncle Skip has killed this. You know, he's up to 39th now overall, and he missed the first two rounds. Thank goodness. Because I'd be losing to him. He's got free time. Come on, Uncle Skip. He's yeah, retired. He's got he's a golfer. Got to, can't, you can't disrespect the golfer. Now, Greg, 
why don't you go ahead as a reminder and give some of these uh, give some of these codes out? You want me to give some of the See, codes? I told out. you All I'd right. remind you. Yeah, thanks. Well, I'm going to give them out for MotoGP Fantasy and Pulp MX. Do it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So what we're doing here is we're going to go to the series overall. All right. Well, it doesn't. It, yeah. So the series overall. So we have had in Pulp MX 121 people actually like get a team together this year. There's 200 something in there, but you, 218 members, but only 121 this season have actually put some numbers down. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to go off of that and we're going to go off of your order in the series overall as it currently stands today. So I have a random number generator on the Google and a minimum one, maximum 121, and I'll generate the first number. First number, JP, is going to be 84. Tell me so, it's Chuck Asklin. No, he's no, not that not. far back. It's not. It's Gozo Racing. Okay, so if you are Gozo Racing, I'm gonna, I got to write this down. I have, a, I have a spreadsheet, okay? So Gozo Racing. If you're listening to this podcast, what you want to do is just reach out to me over social media, whether that's Instagram. I think it's probably the best. Just send me a message and we will get you your Moto America Live Plus code for the season with instructions on how to do it. You'll have to provide me with your email address and then I'll email you the code and I'll email you the instructions. It is super duper easy. So congratulations, Gozo Racing. All right, another, another random number to be generated here. We're going for 118. Well, that's good. So someone who really stinks at this is going to get themselves a code. So, <laughs> oh, but we have a pile at 122. So hopefully it won't go 122. So red donut MX. Oh my God. That's so perfect for you. That's awesome. I like that. They haven't red. played in a few rounds though, Greg. They've only done three with us. That's it? Yeah. Well, I like that though. That's fine. That's okay. Hopefully yeah. they're listening. Yeah. Hopefully they're listening. Red donut. If Or if you know someone who has that, that tag. All right. So and and you know it's hard too because when you know that you've missed a round or two, you, it you kind of go like, "Ah, screw it, I'm not going to do it anymore." But that's what we kept telling people. Do you know, know if you play, at least you have a chance to win something. You know. Yep. All right, next number, forty-four. Forty-four Ooh, is going to take us to Jake three hundred win. How yeah. about Jake three hundred win again? You've won a Moto America Live Plus. Uh, code so you can download the app or have the app and have all the great stuff for the year all right two more for this one we're going miguel duhamel uh-oh 17 huh yeah whoops i just hold on torpedo saw, 40 torpedo 40 okay yep. yeah i just closed the tab by accident yep torpedo all right 40 congratulations torpedo 40 tor what's the next one hold on i've got to i've got to type these in sorry everybody I know it's painful. Yeah, it's painful for the people listening because they're just like, are you people serious right now? All right, last one for Pulp MX for today. And that is going to be number 48, JP. 48 is going to be, oh my God. Yes. Oh, yes. No. No, Beat JP 43. No. No, we're exiling that one. Why? Do you know that because person? Because it's just got bad intentions written all over it. Hmm. How do I huh. express this in words? Wah. <laughs> wah, wah, wah. Congratulations to Gozo Racing, Red Donut MX, Jake 300 win, Torpedo 40, and Beat JP 43. Hey, what? Beat JP 43, you finally won something. So congrats. <laughs> wow. You know what wow. I mean? Yeah, no, I got you. <laughs> All right. Well, since that was so boring, why don't we move on to <clears throat> a little bit of a preview on Jerez? So take us through that. Then I'll do the other five codes for those in the MotoGP pool. 
Yeah, you know, I think that when you look at uh, Jerez this weekend, you know, Greg, I, I didn't really set myself up too well for this. I always feel like it's a little bit earlier. Um, you probably know more about it than I do. I see that Brattle is back as a wild card. Um, he's done a lot of testing there, so that kind of makes sense. Uh, Rabat is in for Martin, which we knew about, um, which which is, you know, um, I think that's going to be, I think it's going to be interesting to see what Tito thinks of that bike. Uh, Rossi, uh, since he started MotoGP in 1996, he's never had a season where he's not been or at least had one podium appearance. Um, and you, last year at this track, he had one. He ended up on the podium at Perez number two last year. So, you know, I, he's a long way from that right now, I would I would have to think. Uh, I don't even think that he's close. Um, I, I don't you – know, you never ever want to sound like you're a hater against a guy who's an absolute legend. But – you and I'm not hating, but it's like it's – if he's able to get it on the podium this year, I think that would be just an incredible feat. I mean, he's not even close to the, he's not even close to Bessie Yamaha, let alone uh, being as far away as as he was. So when when we ask, is this his best shot at a podium again? I I don't know where that's going to be. Um, maybe it's a track that he's more familiar with, more comfortable with. Um, I think if bike see, works better there. I mean, I think Yamaha yeah. occupied five so, of. Because they raced there twice last year. I yeah, think it was five yeah. of six podium spots. Yeah, they did. And they're chasing one guy right now. I mean, Quattararo's got a bit of a lead already, doesn't he? And I mean, this is a track that he's comfortable with. I think he did the double there last year. So when you sit there and you look at uh, the guy to beat, I think it's right squarely on the back of Quattararo. I think, I think Greg, one of the things that's going to be interesting to watch is Quattararo last year had the points lead early, uh, was very formidable at the beginning of the season, and then kind of tapered off. Um, I think he's going to have learned from that this year. He looks like a little bit different guy. I think he's going to be tough to catch um, in that consistency. Consistency in MotoGP is everything. Um, Mir proved it last year. That's what these guys are going to be going after. So, you know, again, it's a it's a race weekend for us. You know, we we've got to try to balance our uh, our racing with you know with the MotoGP weekend and with with Supercross and all that good stuff. So we're going to be busy watching all the stuff going on. But I'm looking forward to Jerez, especially Moto Two, Moto Three. Let's hope our guys can get up to the front in Moto2, meaning uh, Joe Roberts, Cam Bobier. Um, Sam Lowe's needs a rebound after what he did last last week, uh, a couple weeks ago there at Portugal. So all the classes will be run. It'll be interesting to see. And then there's Moto3. Mm. Just just throw a handful of dice and see what happens. All right, so let's for all those people that have joined us on the Greg's Garage Fantasy for MotoGP, we appreciate it. 236 this year, Jason, so far. Wow. So, yeah, it's been, it's been great. Um, I'm all the way up in 18th spot. Where are you? You're, you're oh, doing like, good. You're doing I'm good. Doing okay. I'm doing okay. I'm not going to we'll give see. you a hard time. You, no, you're there's, doing good there's there. plenty. There's plenty for me to tuck the front. So there's plenty, <laughs> plenty of time, of time for you to fail, right? Yeah, yeah I know exactly. What you mean. All right. So of the 136 people, first random generator goes to number 78 on the pool. So 78 has got to be a hoser six nine seventy five, right? Yeah, Hoser's, you know, I get, I'm review, I'm having to load more, load yeah, more, load, load them more, all. so I can get them so all. So Hoser yeah. six nine seventy five, congratulations! You've won a Moto America Live Plus code that you unlocks the app. So you download the app or whatever on any device. You put this number in, and you're going to have all the Moto America Live Plus stuff for the season. Again, get with me on social media. Let me know. Send me an email address, and I will send you your code and your uh, your directions on how to do it. Four more to give away in the Moto GP pool for this one. Oh, how about this one? Number four, Jason. Number four. G-Dub is slow AF. Oh, so we're balanced out on that one. Yes. I know <laughs> who that is, too. Do you really? Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you're going to have to tell me get at em, some point. Get him, Rust.
Oh, no. Mm-hmm. My boy Rusty. That's so great, isn't it? Yeah, congratulations. Look, if, if, you already, if you've already paid for the Moto America Live Plus deal and you'd like for us to recycle it, feel free. If you want to give that code away, get the code with the instructions and give it away. It's totally cool, by the way. All right, next number is going to be 185, Jay. So 185. Oh I didn't load that far back, G-Dub. Beaten Cheeks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I mean, some of the names that we have on here are so good. Beaten Cheeks. Yeah, got to love it. That's uh, that's filthy. All right, that's, that's just beautiful. Disgusting. How dare I love you? It. All right, that's, <laughs> that's horrible. Pretty, that's yeah, it's horribly funny. One fifty six is next, and again, God, this, is, still, this is the way it hold is. Hold on, it's still a little bit back on my. All right, one fifty six. I got it. G Dub. We are looking at Moose Man. Moose Man, congratulations! You've won yourself a Moto America Live Plus app. By the way, you get so much content. You get all those races. You get all kinds of extra content. It's worth getting, even if you don't win it. Sixty seven is the next number on the list. And that is, Greg, oh, I don't know why, but mine went from 60 to 71, so. So it's that, Pixie 6932, 6932. So a little bit of uh, Nikki Hayden and uh, Ben Boster, or Eric Boster match yep, action there. Perfect. All right, because uh, that's the way, Jason, do you remember numbers like that, Jay? I do. Like when I when totally. I see a number, 100%. yeah, like, it, dude, if I, like I was in a, a hotel in Texas the other day and I had a, a like a four-digit, um, you know, room. Number, yeah, yeah, right? it yeah. Was like, yeah. It was it was like fourteen seventy two. So mm-hmm. I go, okay, perfect. Like it's Steve Crevier and Larry Pegram. Larry Pegram, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's how I remember stuff. It's, you know it's what's insane. really bad mm-hmm. when it's the number of a guy you didn't like. <laughs> yeah, like forty three is the worst. Yeah, forty three comes up. I'm just aggravated. I yeah. mean, it just gives me agita. Yeah. You know. Okay. But anyway, congratulations to those ten winners. Uh, we'll have more codes to give away a little bit later on, but. Those are 10 codes. Thank you, Moto America, for providing that for us Absolutely. for this podcast. We certainly appreciate it. So once again, if you're a winner, Gozo Racing, Red Dub, M- uh, Red Donut MX, Jake 300, Win Torpedo 40, Beat JP 43, Hauser 6975, GW Slow AF, Beaten Cheeks, Moose Man, and Pixie 6932. Reach out to me or Jason. Mo- try to do it with me. I'm at, at Greg White TV or something on Instagram. Yeah, whatever. Break white tea, yeah, something like that. I don't even know what I am in either. So yeah, or or Facebook. Reach out to me either one, and I'll check it out, and we'll get you your code, so you'll be set and ready for the weekend. I will be riding a motorcycle on and off, like ten hours tomorrow. So anyway, look, Gee, up, you know what's going to be the best part about you riding that bike? Mm, what is it? Just hearing how much you're going to complain to me about how sore you are while we're no. sitting in the booth. No. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right, great. Now, now this could be good for your diet, though, because you're not going to be pulling into drive-throughs and that's true and eating shit. Well, you'll just pull over and eat it. But I mean, no, but I mean, dude, I can't stand going and yeah, no, I, I, I believe me, I thought about that. I've already bought a bunch of RX bars that I'm going to have on the bike. So when I stop, I, I don't like stopping. My, it's my whole this, problem. That's it's what I know about you. I know you hate stopping. Number two, the greatest thing about it is you'll figure out a way to eat those bars while you're riding. It's hard to eat though with a strap around <laughs> no. your neck. It is. Uh, it's hard. But you'll figure it out. I mean, is this thing? Tell me, Greg. This thing's gonna have a drink. I can see this thing being decked out. Is it gonna have a drink holder and all that stuff for you? Nothing. You're not Nothing. gonna be that guy. It has two. It has two phones. So I have one phone that's on a like a wireless charger, which is great. And that phone is like my phone, right? That's where I can okay. make calls. I can voice to text. I can listen to music. The other one is actually gonna be running the Rever app. So I just finally got that all set up. So it looks like a full raging like battleship or 
fighter pilot. Oh, I bet this right thing's. Now. And you got your bow, and you. Got I have my your... bow case, but the bow case isn't coming with me this trip because. No, you told me because the lights. You got to get the. You got to get all the electric. We got to do some done. wiring, and we yeah. only got it set up tomorrow. I've been gone so much lately, and I feel bad for two by two cycles. But believe me, one of the trips I'm taking, Jason, is going to be Road America. Then to the ridge, yeah. Then to Laguna, so yeah. I'm going to have plenty of time on that bike this season. By the way, if you get on the River app and you know that I'm riding, which I will definitely post while I'm riding, when I'm on the River app, you can live track me. So if you know I'm coming through and you want to ride with me, feel free. You could you can like link up with me and, and live track. So go check out river.co, r-e-v-e-r.co, if you want to check that out. I'll put some links and stuff like that on my social media as well as much as I can. Uh, but that's that. So anyway, look. We're off to the races. So on next week's show, we're going to be talking about Moto America, Road Atlanta. Jason, you already said it. We're also going to be talking about uh, American Flat Track and the Super TT in Atlanta, the final round of Supercross, and of course, MotoGP. So you think this podcast is long? Wait till next week. It's going to be. Yeah, next week's going to be a big one. It's going to be a big one, I feel. What is your schedule next week? Are you home after the race? Uh, Yeah, I'm home. I I come home and um, yeah, I I haven't even looked that far. Honestly, yeah. but yeah, I know I come home and I think I've got like a, I'm actually got a U.S. Open qualifier that I'm doing as kind of a warm up just to get the like the tournament stuff going through my body again. Um, so just trying to get out, play a little bit of golf probably. And um, yeah, I know we got a pretty busy month here, here ahead of us. Uh, yeah, we do. We definitely I'm just so pumped do. the season's kicking off again. I'm happy that we're in a lot better place than we were this time last year. This time last year, the only thing you and I were racing was Xbox MotoGP. So and while that was fun, it's definitely a lot more fun getting on the road. I said to Greg before we got on the before we got on the podcast, I said, Greg, where did we stay at VIR last year? I just can't remember. <laughs> Greg's like, uh, yeah, we didn't go there last year, you idiot. I'm like, oh, that's right. That's, that's why <laughs> it I was can't a, remember. It was a strange year. It was a strange, strange year for sure. Yeah. So. No. It's, it's, I saw you interviewed my dad. How'd that go? Uh, it went well. It went, yeah. yeah, it went, it went well. I think it's um, great that we're doing that. Like that we're interviewing they some, post of, the that? Past, the Moto America some post of the that past already? champions. I did. I where I saw it. I saw it on Twitter. So yeah. I'm looking forward to listening to all the interviews because you're you're going to be interviewing all the past Moto America champions, aren't as you? As many as many as we can. I mean, I I literally have been working with Wes Cooley, who's a little bit older and just recently had hip surgery. So it looks like the Wes Cooley interview isn't going to happen. But uh, I'll be connecting with uh, you know Eddie Lawson and this oh, guy wow. named Wayne Rainey, and uh, I've I've reached out and, and been in touch with uh, Sam Corser, Troy's wife. We'll be talking to Troy Corser, and obviously we can't do Nick. You know, because Nick's obviously passed yeah, away, but yeah. uh, everybody we can get a hold of that's worth talking to, we're going to do it. You know, the older riders, it tends to be a little bit technology challenged because we're trying to do them all remotely. But, you know, once we get into the modern era, I've already talked to Spees. Spees' interview is done. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it, it's great to, to connect with some of these riders so that, I've, that I've never met Wes Cooley before. But what is interesting to me is. If anybody's out there and you know where Doug Poland is and, you know, you can connect us, that's one guy that we're we're looking for that we can't quite find right now. But beyond that, Jay, I mean, there's really only a few riders that I don't know that are on the list that I've never met before. And yeah. And from that perspective, I'm like, wow, I guess I have been around a little while at this point. Yeah, no, it's pretty cool. I mean, I just think that that that's something that a lot of other series do really well is is um still are able to enlighten us with their past champions and what they're doing where they're at you know a lot of these guys are pioneers they they set the tone i mean my dad what it's 45 years isn't it since you won the championship so 1976 it's, yeah. an, it's amazing you know when you and when you look at it it's like that's where it started and and the fact that we still you know have him around to be able to 
to asking questions and so on and so forth. I think it's very important. I did see today that Dick Mann passed away, which is extremely sad. Um, he, he was a guy, you know, I mean, I think Greg, I'm not sure, but I think he was 88 years old. So he had a great life and was obviously a legend of our time, legend of our sport, Daytona 200 winner. And I mean, it's, it's, um, you know, you got to cherish it while they're, while they're here, as far as being able to get this, these great stories. So, I'm looking yeah, forward to back, watching the series back, Jay, with all these guys you interview. Yeah, it's 21 and 21 is the series, by the way, because since the inception of Superbike 1976, where Jason's dad, Reg, is the first Superbike champ, we've had 21 total champions in the years since 1976 to 2020. And what's interesting is, Jason, you know this better than I do because you were a kid back then, but it's you, you never know which class is going to turn into Superbike. I mean, back then, Superbike wasn't the premier class, but it became that. And then obviously in the early 80s, you know, the introduction of World Superbike kind of solidified the direction of that class. And we've seen that change over the years from the BMWs and Kawasaki's your dad was on. I mean, yeah. Wes Cooley was the second champion in 79 and 80, and he was on Yoshimura Suzuki. Yeah. You know, that's how far back they date. And then you start in with the Seti Lawson and the Muzzy Kawasaki's. And then eventually, you know, the bike started to change. You get more focused and more race-like. And so it's going to be cool. You yeah. know, I've, I've connected with Fred Merkel. We, we've that's had a, great. a couple conversations. Fred is hardcore into archery so we talked motorcycles about five percent and archery about 95 percent, and that great. was really cool yeah so he's shooting jamie james will be a tough one um you know he's kind of off doing his thing and doesn't know much about technology chandler thomas stevens scott russell wow. you know, miguel uh, ben bostrom you know uh, obviously hayes heron bobier tony elias are, are relatively easy oh those so. are all easy yeah but see even even getting stories out of you know i mean chandler is like probably the most one of the most underrated guys because, I mean, he, oh. he won four of them and you hardly even talk about him because this is his personality. He's a quiet guy. Quiet so, guy. Went about his uh, business. Miguel, you know, I he... mean, Jamie James is such a score if you get that one because I, I was one of the guys I actually idolized when I was younger. So there's a lot of great got a lot of great things. I'm super pumped you're doing that. So. Well, we're doing them week to week because from now until the end of the season is 21 weeks. And so if I have time in between and I have some type of a budget, maybe I will take off to Louisiana and actually go to Jamie with a camera and do that face to face because doing it remotely, I mean, I love Jamie, but I said, you have Wi-Fi." Jamie's like, what's that? Yeah. So oh my God. a bit of a struggle. Yeah, yeah. A bit of a struggle. So, but that's fine. You know, uh, Bubba Schobert, can't wait to talk to Bubba. I, I don't think I've, I've spoken with Bubba maybe one time. Amazing. So that'll be, I mean, just listen to the good. names you just reached out to or just, you just got done. It's just, it's amazing. So yeah, perfect. All right. Well, let's get on the road, G-Dub. Yeah, it's time. So thanks everybody for checking out the podcast. And, and uh, if you're want to support the channel, feel free to do that. You can do that through Patreon. By the way, it's the same link. If you wanted to support the grace ride to the races thing, I don't know why you would, but um, you know, I'll definitely, I will G dub. You're going to support it. You got to yeah. give me an attaboy. Clap yeah, I'm your hands. You a, I'll see if I can get Winchell's on board or something. <laughs> ha ha. Ha ha. Later everyone. Thank you. Thank you.